0: Ourselves. Amen. Amen. Man, it's good to see everybody. I feel like like it's family, man. You know, it's I've been hanging out with everybody, man. You guys are amazing. Tonight I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna hang out with you guys. It's gonna be, you know, really good. I feel like uh God has put some things on my heart specifically for tonight. What's up, bro? Uh Pastor Joe asked me to, you know, to encourage you guys to share my testimony. And to, uh, and just to, to give you a, a, a word of encouragement. And so I, I pray that it blesses you guys. I'm going to pray for you. Then we're going to go ahead and get things moving. Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity that we have tonight, Lord, to gather as your church, as your body, as your people. Lord, we're all young, Lord God. But we're passionate about you. Lord, we love you, Lord. God, we thank you so much for allowing us to, to take this time to be able to worship you and spend together. I pray right now that you would take over that every single word that I would share with your people tonight, that it would be anointed, that it would be you, and that you would have your way in this place. And everybody say amen. Amen. Let me hear y'all say Why? Let me hear y'all say you heard me. You heard me. Let me hear y'all say yiddick. That's what's up, man. It's been truly a dope weekend, man. I was just bragging, you know, to my wife about how much fun I'm having. It was kind of like, you know how when you go in, you brag to like your wife or your girlfriend. It's like cool at first, but then it starts being like, all right, stop rubbing it in, you know, you know, so but it's been a real good time. I want to just take some time just to share my story with you guys. You've been getting the, you know, bits and pieces of what the Lord has done in my life. I'm gonna try to give you like not the the whole, you know, I'm going to abbreviate it, but I'm going to give you a little bit more. Amen? Amen. Well, when I was seven years old, I, I accepted Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. My mom was a minister, and she was kind of like the person that, like, all of the other family ribbed, you know? It was kind of like, before Thanksgiving, she made sure everybody prayed, you know? It was like, all right, we're going to eat, but before we eat, we're going to pray. And everything. was like, oh, man, here she goes again. And so she'd be praying, and it wasn't like a short prayer. She'd be praying for missionaries in Africa and stuff like that. So, it, you know, people didn't like that. And so she was kind of like the abnormal person in the family. Most of my family was Catholic. You know, you go to church 45 minutes, and, you know, we went to church for three hours. So it's kind of like, man, we're different. And so as time went on, like at first I, I started out, man, I was passionate about God. I loved the Lord. I didn't have a father, so there was a man of God that I really, you know, took a liking to in the church. And, man, he'd be worshiping. He did something like this, like, yeah. And I was watching him, so I was like, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, boom. I was feeling it. But once I got older, like, I watched people keep ridiculing my mom, you know. And then when when I got to school, it was kind of like the cool thing was to be a gangster the cool thing was to disrupt the class, not to be smart, but to, you know, to, to disrupt the class and stuff like that. So that's what I did. Even though, like, my mom really struggled as a single parent. Never met my father. Once, I, once I was uh, a year, she left him because he physically abused her, verbally abused her, and so she left. I never met him. And uh, what happened was, I started to get involved with different drugs like marijuana a friend of mine we were hanging out we're drinking and he's like man why do not you try some weed and so i'm thinking to myself man i never smoked weed before you know but i had to be cool yeah man what you think yeah of course so boom he's smoking i'm smoking i I take a hit i'm like (laughs) i'm coughing my lungs up and man you don't know how to smoke man And so he's smoking, he's like. And I'm looking at him like, Lord, are you going to ever stop, dude? And then he passes it to me like, your turn. Let's see what you got. And, man, that was the start. I got involved with marijuana. The very next day I bought an ounce of weed. I started to sell it. I started to smoke it very heavily. And that just was the gateway to a life filled with drugs. So, after graduating high school, I kind of got involved with cocaine, got involved with that big time selling a lot of that, and eventually got involved with heroin as well. And I basically went on just to live a criminal lifestyle, person that was very much interested in engineering. When I was in high school, I wanted to be an engineer, and I was in school for it. I went to a very prestigious college, because I was living two lifestyles. On one hand, I was a gangster, I was a criminal, but on the other hand, I was just college student that wanted to be successful in life. But one day I got in trouble, I got arrested, and the FBI actually came to my job and arrested me. And man, it, it, it just rocked my world. Because at that time, I was still, even though I was involved with all this stuff, I was still a cool person. But when you get arrested, you lose a lot of cool points. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, I heard you got arrested, man. <laughs> yeah. So I began to just go down a downward spiral into that lifestyle. And man, it wasn't until I went to this ministry, ministry called Jesus Miracle Power. How many of you guys ever heard of Jesus Miracle Power? Uh, let me get a one. Yeah. That's right. So my mom, she was really at the forefront of it. She said, Listen, son. You've been in and out of prison. You've been to rehab. None of that was successful for you. Why don't you try this ministry? And I'm like, ministry? Come on, knock it off. She said, give it a shot. So I said, okay. And I go to this particular ministry, and as when I, when I enter into the gates. I'm confronted with this young brother. He looks a lot like me. He's from the Ninth Ward, black brother. He has some golds in his mouth. And he began to talk with, like, slang, and he was saying, the, the, the lifestyle that he used to live, and I'm like, man, that reminds me a lot of myself, but as I listen to him, as I watch him, I can see that his life had been changed. I was looking at him, and I'm listening to the words, and I'm like, wow, there's something about this dude. Man, I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued, and so I said, okay, I'll check it out, and he was like, all right, man, but if you're going to come, you got to get rid of your cigarettes. And I just, I was opening my pack while he was saying it. And I'm like, knock it off, man. Come on, like I got, I got to keep my Joes. And he was like, man, nah, you got to get rid of them. So I trashed him and I went in. And I'm challenging God. I'm like, God, okay, if, you, if you're if you really real, my mom is going to bat and she's saying you're this and you're that. And I've always believed you, but not really, really believe that you are who you say you are if you ought to show up in my life. And as I'm sitting down in the, and the pastor is preaching, he's preaching his heart out, and it sounds like he's preaching right to Corey Hicks the whole time. So I'm listening, I'm listening, I'm listening. As he approaches the end, he says, if you want to dedicate your life to Jesus Christ, if you want to walk away from your past and allow him to heal you, he went on and on. And I'm like, man, that's me. And as I walked to the altar, God began to change my life. And that pastor, he just walked out and grabbed me and held me. And as he held me and hugged me, I just weep like a baby. This gangster, this hard shell, this guy that kept everything in that, that was heartless. Now I was just like putty in this man's hand. It was like my father. Yeah, it was like his father for the first time just showing me that father's love. And it was coming from my Father in heaven right through him as a conduit right into me. And then he backed up. And I, he said, raise your hands. And I was like, oh, Lord. You know, you know I was familiar with this, man. What is this dude going to do, man? And so I raised my hands. And he reaches out. And he lays hands on me. And he's praying. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit just tackles me and I'm going back and I'm not even worried about it so I'm like man I don't even know somebody behind me like I hope somebody is so I go back bam somebody catches me and I'm laying in the presence of God and it was at that moment when it clicked and I said wow he's real he really is real because the, the whole time I was like yeah you know God this God that but it was like I don't know if he's really, really real. At that point, I felt so good. The power of God just flowing through my body. I said, man, this is so much better than heroin. This is so much better than cocaine. This is so much better than the ecstasy. I was like, all of this stuff is an imposter compared to this feeling. I, I, man, I wanted to stand up and say, hit me again. Like, man, just keep on hitting me with this, man. This is like fire, Lord. Woo! It was awesome. Woo. But let me tell you something. Then this is this is what they said. They said okay now tomorrow you guys get some rest. Tomorrow we're going to the Calio projects and and preach the word and evangelize. And I said the Cali who? The Cali, yo man I can't go back there man. That's where I hustled at. That's nah man that's where I used to get loaded and hustle. I can't go back there. And all of a sudden the law was like yeah. That's why you need to go back there, just because of that. And he slaps some sister to me, one of those pimp slaps. And uh, I'm like, okay, I'll go. And man, I remember, like yesterday, as I walked into the project, I saw one of my friends. And he looked at me, and he said, Cole, what's him? I'm like, well, what's him? So I'm walking over, he's like, man, what's up? And so we dapping each other off. He was like, man, you good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good. And then he did like this. He looked. He was like, dude, what you doing with that shirt on? Because the ministry had these shirts. They were like red shirts and then white letters that said Jesus Miracle Power. So he looking at me like, dude, what you doing with this shirt on? And like I was like, and he said, what you doing with these people, dog? You with the church? And I'm, like, the only thing I could, like, muster up to say was, man, he's real. He's real. And I was, like, stepping out, like, you know what I mean? (laughs) I'm stepping out, like, he's real, waiting for to see what he was going to say. And he said, I respect that. He said, coming from you, knowing the way you did your thing, he's got to be. He's got to be. I respect that. And it was like, after that, I was like, man, let me find some more people, man. Look. Wow. Whoa. Come here. I start running, chasing people down. Like, man, come on. Like, I got something to tell you, fam. Like, yeah. And it was awesome. And I knew I was in the will of God. It was at that point that I felt fulfilled. And I wasn't worried about being an engineer at that time. I said, you know what? I finally know what I'm called to do. I'm called to ministry wow. It's like my eyes were open. And man, I had so much fun, so much success. God was doing so many great things in my life. And then all of a sudden it happened. I met, you know, a girl came to the ministry. Mm, Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: And so man, she was a banging sister too. I mean, she was just nice and so I'm like, this might be me. You know, I've been praying and stuff. So, God answers prayers. Shoot, man, you about to answer my prayer. So we became friends. I mean, it was done we with friends. We chop it up, and it was smooth. I mean, everything was just flowing. It was like butter, like, yeah. So we go do ministry together. We, man, God moved so mildly today. For me, too. Let me tell you. I'm like, oh, yeah? Tell me what happened. And it was like awesome. We like smiling. Kool-Aid man smiles. And then it happened the leader of the ministry called us into the office and said, we need to talk to you guys. I'm like, oh man, what, what's this about? Well, we've noticed that you guys are getting pretty close and right now you guys really need to be focusing on Jesus. And I'm like, huh? I'm already in with Jesus. That's my man. I'm trying to get in with my fam right here. Come on now. And she was like, listen, You guys have time for that. You guys really need to focus on Jesus. And it hit me like, man, you don't know what you're talking about. Like I I totally was unaware of like order and you know and, and submitting to authority and that your mentors and your leaders can see things in your life that you can't see. And that there's there's a there's a dynamic called God's timing. And so I was frustrated. She was frustrated. She ended up leaving the ministry. And, man, I I was still frustrated, but I kept serving God. I kept serving God. I stayed with the ministry. And then it happened, like the enemy just bombarded me with attacks. Boom, boom, attack, 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 attack. And I said, you know what? I'm out of here. And I left this particular ministry, Jesus Miracle Power. And within three weeks, I was back in a project back's going dope. Back hustling. Back smoking weed. And I found myself after months back in the Calio project. But this time I wasn't witnessing. This time I wasn't doing ministry. This time I was sitting on the porch surrounded by people smoking weed. And I remember this guy, a friend of mine. He said, "Man, they call me Calico Joe. He been saying Calico and the Cali. Yo, they used to call me Calico It's a gun." He said, "Calico, dog, what happened to you, man? You was doing a Jesus thing." And I thought he was ridiculing me. I thought he was being sarcastic and he was making fun of me. And I, I, I had to step up and be a gangster. So what I said was, "I said, yeah, dog, I was, I was doing that for a little while. I was tripping, but I'm, you know, I'm back doing me." And I smoked, and and it shocked me. This is what he said. Listen to this. He said, nah, dog. That was real what you was doing. I respected your mind for that. That was real. And my jaw dropped. My heart skipped a beat. I couldn't breathe for a second. And I was like, wow, what am I doing? And my life went on like this for a while. Until I met this brother on Canal Street. I mean on Bourbon Street. He was out evangelizing and passing out tracks with an SUM team. He was an SUM student. SUM, make some noise. Yeah. So SUM is out on the they looking for souls. They're trying to grind for the Lord. And so I'm full of vodka. And I'm walking down Bourbon Street, and I'm thinking about females. That's what I was on. I'm like, it's, it's, it's first quarter fest. is going down. So I'm walking, and I see this team, and it hit me like a ton of bricks. I'm like, no, because the ministry, Jesus Miracle Power, used to evangelize on Bourbon Street. We used to pass out tracks. We used to spread the gospel. And so I was like, why, God? Why did you do this to me? I want to have fun. Why are you trying to convict me? Let me just get past these people, man, because I'm trying to have fun. And as I walk. The brother, like, snatched me, like, Jesus loves you. And I'm like, oh, he got me. I know, brother. I doubt him. I gave him a love. Let me get a love. Look, I appreciate you. I used to do this. I know God is real, but I'm going to do me. You pray for me. Peace out, homie. And so I'm walking off. I'm, like, giving him a cool deuce, you know, boom, I'm out. And he grabbed me. He was like, wait, hold up. You mean you used to do this? You used to do this. And I'm like, oh man, why did I open my mouth? Yes, I used to do this. Wait, are you serious? Yes, but now I'm not. And I'm trying to do me. So just pray for me, brother. Pray for it, brother. Can you do that? Yes, deuce out. Then he grabs me again. Wait, hold up. This dude is not getting it. So I'm like, okay, what's, what's up, brother? I thought you wanted to pray. I do, but not now, like you pray for me. I'm gone. He's like, man, let's pray right now. So the brother's praying. And as he's praying, man, the Holy Spirit will just melt my heart. I'm like, what am I doing? We exchange numbers. I leave. I'm headed down Bourbon Street. No more party left. I couldn't do it. I had to leave. A week later, I called this brother because I, I had a coupon for Baskin and Robbins. Y'all, y'all have Baskin and Robbins out here? 31 Flavors, I love Pralines and Cream, fam. Ooh, fam. So, boom, I had a free scoop of ice cream on Tuesday's coupon. (laughs) For real. I couldn't pass it up. I was like, how can I get me some ice cream? Let me call that brother. So, I called him, hey, brother. I put on my Christian language, hey, brother. Do you want to connect and build? just build relationship, man. You know, God put you on my heart to call. You know, I was being spiritual because I really, man, I I want to get some ice cream. You want to get some? He's like, yeah, let's go. He's like, man, I'm a witness brother. I'm thinking I want some ice cream, man. So, we get to Baskin and Robbins. We're in line and there's a a brother with a Christian t-shirt on with a scripture and he's like, he's pointed out, man, look at his t-shirt. And I'm looking, and I'm like, for sure. Like, I mean, yeah, he's got a Christian t shirt on. Wow. Okay. Never seen one of those before. And he says, look at him. And there was another one. He said, look at her. Another one. Look at him. Another He said, brother, you are surrounded by Christians with Christian t shirts on. Look around you. And I'm looking around, it's like, doo 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 doo. God is calling you. <laughs> I'm like, oh, all right, brother, you got me. I, I was like, I'm like, you got me, you got me, you got me. But I'm still doing me. Man, I was hard hit. I'm still doing me. And so we 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 hung out and then we left. Another week passed. I'm leaving the Calio Projects. A friend of mine had just come home from prison. And he gave me a big package of heroin. He was like, here, man, good to see you, dog. I was like, man, good seeing you. Bam. Gave it to me. I was like, man. He was like, yeah, that's you. That's me. That's, I said, that's what's up. So I left. And when I got home, I just kept shooting. Boom. 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 I kept shooting. Cocaine and heroin. And then finally, that was it. Bam. I took that last shot. And I had felt that feeling before I knew it was too much. And that I was ODing. And as I... I as I, I held my head up, I was like, no, I'm fading away. Everything is just fading to black. And I'm slapping my face. I'm going in convulsions. And I'm thinking, this is it. This is this is how I'm going out. This is the end of the story. And I picked up the phone and I called that brother. And I said, man, Elliot, I need you to pray for me. And he said, what's going on? I said, man, I'm dying. I'm ODing. And he began to pray. He began to rebuke the devil. He began to plead the blood of Jesus. Over he began, to, he began to, to, to pray in tongues. He began to wall for my life. And as he began to pray immediately, just like that, the OD stopped. And I sat there in my right mind. And he said, man, I'm going to come and get you and take you to the hospital. I'm on my way right now. And I sat there and I waited and he came. And he took me to the hospital and we sat there. He sat with me for over 14 hours. From the floor to arguing outside because I want to smoke cigarettes. He's like, you don't need to smoke, brother. I'm like, brother, I'm smoking. You don't need to smoke. I'm smoking. You don't need to smoke. I'm smoking. And so we went back and forth with that. It was crazy. And he took it all. He took it all. And at the end of the day, I sat there in my bed as I was being you know, set up for detox. I said, God, what am I doing? What am I doing? I could be out spreading your word, soaking in your love, hanging out with people that actually actually love me and care about me, but instead I'm hanging out with killers, people that could care less about me. And so I tried to smarten up. I tried to go after God, but it was hard and I didn't. I stayed out there longer and I went through more and more and more drama. And then as I said in the earlier service, that's when my mother had had enough. And she said, God, you promised me that my son will be a man of God. You promised me that my son will be a pastor. And I'm holding you to that promise. And she began to declare the things of God. And she said, you know what? I refuse to eat until you deliver my son. And I was blown away that she could have that kind of faith. But she didn't eat. One day passed by, and God began to tickle my heart, speak some things to me. On the second day, it was crazy. I'm telling my friend. We were about to do all kinds of criminal activities. We had pounds of weed. Things were about to be great. I was about to lose my life. It was one or the other, and to me, it was worth it. And then on that third day, it was like a light went on. And I remembered that glory, and I remembered his presence. And I told my friend, you got to go. He was homeless. This was my best friend. I said, man, I'm sorry, but you have to go. I'm changing my life. God is real. I know he's real. And he said, you're tripping. I said, nah, fam, you tripping. You got to go. And it was at that point where I was totally, totally delivered, set free, never went back. And now it's been over eight years. Let's give God some praise. And man, God truly bless, bless me, man. Within nine months, I was at SUM, the School of Urban Missions Bible College, the same school that witnessed to me on Bourbon Street. I was now enrolled a student, and I went out to Bourbon and did the same things that Elliot did with me, and it was it was awesome. Met my beautiful wife, and now we have four beautiful kids. Man, they are amazing. And we were youth pastors at our church. We started out while we were in school. We were youth pastors. And once we finished SUM, we were no longer youth pastors at our church. Our, our pastor said, man, we know you are called to full-time ministry. And, you know, man, we're not going to be able to to do what, what we would like to do. So we want to release you and allow you to be able to fulfill God's perfect will for your life. And I'm thinking to myself, like, man, I'm t- – Like, I I felt like there was a transition, but I was ready to, like, stay there forever because I love those kids. But he said, man, you got to go and fulfill God's will for your life. And I said, I know. And it was at that point where we actually transitioned and we became on staff at the School of Urban Missions. And I began to travel the nation preaching the gospel. Preach. That's my beautiful family. Y'all give it up. Give it up. Yeah. Yeah. man, she's beautiful, huh? Beautiful. <laughs> I'm glad I waited. I waited. And man, on a side note, man, she made me wait to hold hands. She made me wait to kiss and all kind of stuff, man. She set standards. Like, I didn't know anything about standards and boundaries. I was like, man, what's your number? Let's go get a room. Like, you know, it was just like, that's all I knew from the world. Like, come to my house, you know, so then when I I started living for God, man, it wasn't like I was wild, but I didn't know it. I was ready to hold hands real quick and stuff. (laughs) Like, look, you want to go to the library? Let's hold hands and walk. It's like, we just hanging out. So, you know, (laughs) but so anyway, I'm on staff at school and man, we just had such a great time, you know, being in in ministry at the school with on staff with our mentors, and they're treating us like you know like colleagues and at the same time they're still our mentors and it was just awesome we're traveling I'm going all over preaching the gospel, recruiting for the school, and man we saw some some miraculous things happen and on this last particular trip, I had been to cali i had been all on the west coast I came out here I was in Chicago that was when uh Joe and Nancy got married. I came out here and did some preaching. I got a chance to be a part of their wedding. That was awesome. Give it up for Joe and Nancy, guys. Awesome pastors. And I was approaching this this, this final trip. It was to Atlanta, to Atlanta, Georgia. And I thought to myself, I said, man, I haven't been able to take my family with me anywhere. Man, it sure would be nice to be able to bring them. And so I called up Teen Challenge, Corey, called up Teen Challenge. And, man, man, this stuff is, man, I want to cry, man. This stuff is is taking me back. But so I called up Teen Challenge, and I said, hey, my name is Pastor Corey Hicks. I'm at the School of Urban Missions. I'd love to come out and and minister at your facility and, and cast a vision of what we're doing at the school. They're like, sure, that's great. Why don't you come by? I said, okay, great. I said, listen, I've been staying on campus, on the grounds of different things, you know, I said, but this time, you know, I'm open to that. I'll come and do that. But do you think you could uh, get a hotel where I could actually bring my family and we could be comfortable? And it said, sure, we can do that. That's no problem. And so the time came and we got up in our van, we packed for about a day and a half, and we headed out to Atlanta. And man, we preached it down. I preached, man. People, people got delivered. People got set free. It was so powerful, man. God did His thing. So I'm excited. We go home, we get rested up, the next day we're going to Stone Mountain. And I get a call from Dr. Miller, the vice president of the school, and he says, Corey, where are you? I said, man, we're in Atlanta. I just preached a teen challenge last night. He said, listen, stay where you're at. There's a, a crucial storm coming, and it looks really bad. And I said, are you serious? He said, yes. Just, just stay where you're at, man. I'm praying for you. I love you. God bless And as we begin to watch the news, that's when Katrina was stirring up. And I'm looking at the news, and I'm like, no, are you serious? But I'm thinking to myself, man, I face, we face storms before all the time. Like a lot of times you just stay home, and it it passes, and, you know, it's just like it's nothing. But this one, it looked really bad. And then all of a sudden, it was fine. It was passing, you know, we didn't get the bulk of it, and it looked fine. And then last minute, the levees broke, and that was it. So we're sitting there in this hotel room. We had our two babies, our son Corey, and our son Aiden with us. One was two, one was one. I don't think Aiden was even one yet. But so we've got our two baby boys with us, and we've got one day and a half of clothes. We left everything that we own back at the house. All of our nursery, we had like a nice nursery. It looked like Toys are rushing that thing. You come in, it's like, man, start snapping pictures. This is a Kodak moment, baby. This is this, and look at this. This slides out. Wow, that's wonderful. That's marvelous, Corey. This is great. Yes, let me show you this now. It was like, it was great, you know? And we sat there like, it's gone. And we couldn't afford to like get all that stuff again. I mean, that's from like three showers. Like, we're going to throw you a shower. Great. We want to throw you Even better. We want to throw you one, too. Yeah, baby. It's like, man, this is great. All of a sudden, all of God's provision, all the blessings was just gone. And we ended up staying in that, in that hotel for three days, running out of money. I'm like, man, what are we going to do? And I got a call from my cousin. And he said, man, won't you come to my house? We were, He lived in Georgia. So we drove out to, to to his place, and we stayed over there. With, with It was him, my family, all together. It was 18 people, 18 people living in one, two, three, a four-bedroom house. And, and we were blessed. We had favor. He said, man, we want you take a room. So we had our own room. You know, it was tight, but we had our own room. But, man, 18 people, that was crazy. And then all of a sudden, all of a sudden, God opened up the door after we stayed there for two weeks. God opened up the door for us to connect with this, this good church, really good church, and the Assemblies of God church out there. I told them who I was and, and my, my background, and they accepted us in, the fellowship, and they took care of us. We stayed in a hotel for over three weeks. And it was during this time, we were, we were trying to figure out a lot of things. God, what's going on? What's your will for our life? And we started to figure out what was really important. It wasn't about the stuff that we lost. But we said, wow, thank you, Jesus, that you allowed us to be out of the city when it happened. We didn't have to, to scuffle and try to get everything together. You blessed us and gave us so much favor. We were already gone. And you're providing for us. Wow. Thank you, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, We realized that God wanted us to stay in Georgia and rebuild our lives right there. And it was at that point that I began to look for another position, another job. And as I'm going around, I'm meeting new people. I'm meeting people in the church. And something hit me. Listen up. Something hit me. It was like this. Corey, nobody in Georgia knows you. Nobody in Georgia knows your past. They don't know about the drug dealing. They don't know about the drug abuse. They don't know about the stealing. They don't know about any of your past. You can be the squeaky clean minister that got impacted by the storm and nobody has to know about the old Corey Finally, you can be the new Corey, and that's it. You can be incognito. Basically, I could edit my testimony and make it to what I wanted to, wanted it to be. And I thought about it, and I was like, nah, that's whack. Nah, 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 I can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I, can't, I couldn't do it. I had to be real. I had to be 100. And so I told people about my past. The Bible says we overcome by the blood of the lamb and what? By the word of our testimony. So I began right there in Georgia. Even though I was working a a secular job, I was still doing ministry. I was out sharing the gospel. I was sharing my testimony. God was opening doors at various places for me to share my story. I want to read a passage of scripture to you. In Matthew 5.14, the Bible says, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on and stand and give it light so everyone in the house, give, give light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. A city on a hill. When I think about that, I reminisce when I was in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. And I looked at the mountain, and you could see the homes that were built on the mountain. And no matter where you were at in Gatlinburg or in Pigeon Forge, you could see these homes lit up in the mountains. And even even brighter in the dark, you could see the lights, and you were like, wow. You were just drawn to this city on the mountain. Same in California. And that's what God wants us to be. He wants us to be that city on a hill for all to see. He doesn't want to tuck us away, put us under a rug because we made some mistakes in our past, because we don't have this, this historical background that this family has, or we don't have this genealogy because we don't have a father, because this and that, our socioeconomical level is not this. Nah, he's not like that. He wants to put us on blast so that he can get the glory in our lives. He wants to display his splendor. He wants to show off. And that's why I love him. He's like that proud dad. I love when people say, man, how are the kids? You got any pictures? Oh, yeah. I got some pictures. Let me show you. Bam, look at that one. Bam, look at this one. I'm the proud dad, and that's how he is. He's like, man, look at this city on a hill. Look at this one. It's so salty. It's so salty. They lit up. Look at this city on the hill. That's my son. That's my daughter. He's awesome. I want to show. I want to show you guys. You you have that video ready for me, bro. I want to show you guys this uh, this video, man. Sharing your story is so so powerful. I think you guys might know this person, but I put him on the spot. And I said, man, tell me your story. And this is what he had to say. All right, so my name is
1: David Carrasco. I've been saved for two years. And basically my story is that, you know, I was drinking, I was smoking, I was getting into fights all the time. I was hanging around game bangers all the time. My parents knew about it. You know, my my little brothers knew about I'm the oldest then my brothers and my sisters knew about it. They called me smoking and stuff. And basically what happened was a friend dragged me to church one time. And then basically the preacher was talking about hell. And that scared me because I do not want to go to hell. I realized that I did not want to go to hell, so I gave my life to God. And then me and my brother changed. We changed our ways. You know, we stopped smoking, stopped drinking, stopped hanging around the gangsters and everything. And then my parents saw it. My parents saw it and they're like, what kind of church are you going to that's changing? you? are like, this is crazy. Then they went Then they gave rocked by God. And then my whole family gets saved. And that just shows you that just the change alone could save your whole family.
0: Make some noise for Jesus Christ, y'all. Hey, I'm proud of you, David, man. It's powerful, man. How old are you? 19 years old. Just like that, he's instant in season and out of season. I just put him on the spot. Boom. Got you on video. Tell me your life. Man, that's powerful, bro. I'm going to close with just a few points for you guys to take with you. I pray that my story bless you. Number one, we need to share our story. We need to share our story. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. If you have a story like mine where you got involved in drugs and God delivered you, if you were out on the streets, if you were living a promiscuous lifestyle, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Today, God's proud of you, and he wants to get the glory in your life. Maybe you were like my wife. You didn't get involved with any of that. And his grace was upon your life and you made great decisions and you live wholeheartedly for him. You didn't fall into those things. Guess what? God wants you to share that story because it's even more powerful than mine. Number two, we've got to get the message of Jesus Christ out of the four walls and out there in the streets. And this is one of the few churches that's really about doing that. Man, when I listen to all of the different street uh, outreaches that you guys are doing and the Ohio Park thing and the prison ministry and all the stuff, I'm like, wow, this is what it's about. I want to challenge you guys. If you're not plugged into one of these outreaches, if you're not plugged in, find out what you need to do to get plugged in. Maybe you might just, you might have to start off and, and take 101. Get into the path. Whatever you need to do, you need to get plugged in. Because God hasn't called us to mediocrity, He hadn't called us to to just be churchgoers and, and hang out and drink coffee and say that was a great message. No, no, did you hear pastor could you ex- could you explain what pastor was was really meaning when he ah, it was just so great. It was great. now God's called us to go deeper and really have a grasp of what pastor's talking about, and he's also called us to take that message out to the streets. amen. Number three, as we share our faith, as we declare the things of God, guess what? Our lives have to line up with his word. We can't bring reproach on the one true living God. There's a a, a a youth story that I'll share with you guys. I was a youth pastor, and while I was a youth pastor, we were doing a Mardi Gras outreach. And while we were out there, some of my youth walked up. And they're like, Pastor Corey, what you doing out here? They thought they caught me down bad, like I was doing something wrong. Like, boy, I'm out preaching the word, man. You know I'm telling people about Jesus. You know me. And he's like, oh, man, that's what's up. I thought it. He said, but look, come here, let me talk to you. So he pulled me over to the side. I said, what's up? He said, man, see those two guys right there? And I looked. There There were two SUM students at the time. I looked. And he said, man. Man, we saw those guys on Bourbon Street, and they were coming out of a club drinking. And before that, guess what? Those guys had gotten reprimanded, and they were saying, no, 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 it was No, we weren't doing that. We we don't do anything like that because they had gotten called out. And I hear two of my youth that I'm pouring my life into that I'm trying my hardest for them to live for the Lord and know that God is real. Here are two leaders, two of my peers, corrupting everything that I'm giving them, bringing reproach with their lifestyle. Those people got kicked out. And guess what? Those youth are still struggling. Still struggling. What if he had not seen that? Wow. Number four, last point: don't forget about your friends. Don't forget about your friends, and, and I'm talking about unbelievers. Second Corinthians 6:14 says it like this: Don't be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what fellowship can light have with darkness? That's real. A lot of times people apply this message to marriage. So true. It also applies to relationships. I believe that God sometimes severs relationships for a season to disrupt soul ties. To disrupt bondage and and connections that you shouldn't have. yokes of slavery. But then I also believe at times in his timing. He'll take you from that 180 degree turn and take you another 180 to a 360 so that your friends can see that city on the hill that you are. One of my best friends, I used to smoke so much weed with him. We went to high school together. We went to college together. We did all kinds of stuff together. And once I gave my life to the Lord, it was one of those relations that had to be severed. And I focused on discipleship. I focused on my relationship with God. And then later on, he began to pursue me. And at first, I kind of shunned it. And then the Holy Spirit said, No, I want you to minister to him. And it was amazing because he would come to me for advice. He would come to me with his problems. And I'd be speaking into his life and praying for him, like, Wow, look how our relationship has changed. And it was amazing. The day that I had my son, he called me all angry Man, what are you doing, man? You at the hospital? I said, yeah, man. He said, man, I heard you didn't even call your boy. Man, what kind of friend are you? And I was like, dang, fam, you got me, you got me. He was like, man, what hospital are you at? And I said, I'm at Baptist on on Jefferson. He said, I'm on my way. And as he came, he got there, and he looked at my son. And, man, he just smiled. He just lit up with joy. He was like, dang, fam, look at you, man. He was like, man, I'm so proud of you. And he said, can I hold him? I said, yeah. And he's holding my son and we're talking. He's like, man, I want what you have. And he said, I'm serious. I want what you have. And I said, fam, it's so easy. All you have to do is accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You just got to pray one simple prayer and it with your heart and it's real. And he said, that's what's up. And as time went on, it got later. And he said, man, I better go. I said, yeah, I'm going to walk you out. And as I walked him out, I dapped him up. I gave him a hug. And I said, man, I love you, fam. He was like, fam, if you love me, I thought you was going to pray with me. What happened to the, what's up with the real love? I thought you loved me. And I was like, ah, you got me, you got me. You got me, dog. And he said, listen, man, I'm for real. I said, all right, let's pray. And I went through Romans 10, 9, and 10 with him. I talked about, man, you just got to really mean this with your heart. If you say it and you don't mean it, then it's not real. But if you do, it's just as simple as that. And it was at that moment where he prayed the prayer and he meant it. And you can see a change in his life. He wasn't perfect. He wasn't perfect. But you can see he was in sanctification and God was dealing with him and his life was being changed. Well, before he gave his life to the Lord, he had gotten in some beef. He got in some beef with somebody. Or was something so silly. And I don't know exactly if this was the reason, and I didn't even I don't even know the person. But somehow on Christmas Eve, as my best friend was leaving the barber shop where he cut hair at, as he locked up and he turned around and walked to his Toyota Sequoia, somebody came from around his SUV and sprayed him with a machine gun and hit him 11 times, he was dead on the spot. The next day was Christmas Day. I'm at my house with my family. Man, we were having so much fun. And all of a sudden, I got a call from another friend of mine. He said, man, you got a minute? I said, yeah, what's up? He said, man, Rob is dead. And I said, man, go ahead, man, knock it off. Stop playing. He said, man, I'm serious. Rob is dead. And I was speechless. I just walked to the bathroom and locked the door, and I began to cry and weep like a baby. I said, man, let me call you back. And I was crying. And I was saying, God, why? Why? How? How could you let this happen, Lord? And it was at that moment, it's like the, the Holy Spirit just fell upon me. And this peace that surpasses all understanding came upon my life. And I heard the voice of God very clear. The Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, my son, why are you crying? He said, because you lived a life and you told him about me, right now I'm holding him in my arms." and i stop crying and i begin to thank god i begin to thank god i begin to praise god because i was that city on a hill not in my own strength but by his grace by his mercy my friend spend eternity with jesus i challenge you guys just as i share my story with you tonight man go out there the highways, the byways, your workplaces, your school, if you're in college, whatever, with your family, take the time to share what God has done in your life, because you never know if they're going to see tomorrow, and you never realize how impactful your story is. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you so much. You're such an awesome God. You're such an awesome Savior. Lord, I worship you. I love you, Lord. We honor you today. Holy Spirit, we pray right now for the lost. Lord, we pray that they would know your love, that they would know your mercy, that they would know your grace. Lord, we pray right now that your Holy Spirit would consume their lives and that they would be changed. Father, God, I pray right now for every leader in this place, the SUM students and even the people that aren't SUM students, Lord, because they are leaders as well. Lord, I pray right now that you would give them such a boldness upon their lives. Lord, that the ones that are living in mediocrity, that are just getting by, that they would be fed up and that they would realize that they need to be part of a revolution. Father God, I thank you so much for Pastor Joe and Nancy for giving them the vision to plant this church, this ministry, and the seed that has come from him dying, the fruit that has come forth from those thousand deaths. Lord, I pray right now, as we have a time of intercession, Lord, I'm going to open up the altars, and Lord, I'm going to I'm going to expect great things because you're a great God. Have your way in this place. In Jesus' name and everybody say amen. amen. The S.U.M. leaders, I want you guys, want you guys to come stand up across the front. Just line up across the front. Hallelujah. Let's give it up for them, amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. These guys are sold out. I know how it feels to be in their shoes. They're sold out. And some of you out there, you guys are sold out as well. I'm not separating them from you and saying, these are the great and mighty ones. No, I'm not. But what I'm saying is they have something that they can impart into your life. Because I wouldn't be who I am if some SUM students hadn't imparted into mine. On a count of three, I want y'all if you really want to be sold out for God, if you want some of the anointing that's on their life. If you want to say, you know what? I want to be the one that goes out and shares my story. I want to be the one that goes out and it's a part of a revolution. When I count to three, I want you to run up here and I want you to allow these men and women of God to lay hands on you and make an impartation that will change your life and rock your world. Get ready. One, two, three. Come on. Let's run up. Come on. Come on. Come on. Let's come get it. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Let's go. Yeah.
2: i i Coming after you, coming after you, coming after you. Jesus, I'm coming after you, coming after you, coming after you. Yeah, I'm coming after. you coming after you. Every part of me ought to. surrender it all to you oh god i give you my life and my dreams oh lord oh god oh lord i surrender it all to you i surrender it all to you god come on just forget to surrender it all before the king before the throne to surrender it all just cast it down to his feet laid all down before him. Lord, have your way. You won't relent you won't relent until you have
1: it all my heart is old.
2: now set your hand over your heart. Come on. Just chase after God right now. Come on. Just run after Him. Come on. Chase after Him.